doubt in anyone's mind that we are going through a global upheaval. And in times of this global apocalypse, if you like, a pastor, even an expositor as myself, who have preached throughout the books of the Bible for half a century, expository preaching, there is a need to draw your attention to these extraordinary global events. But not like <clears throat> announcing news, like a, a news item, no, but to examine them from the light of the Word of God. Globally and nationally, we are experiencing something that we have never seen in our lifetime. I won't say in history, but I cannot be that certain, so I want to be careful. And that is why I'm doing this three-part series, which I'm calling, Our God Always Wins. Amen. Our God always what? Wins. You see, unless you've checked out of this world altogether, <laughs> um, you will identify with all the things that I'll be talking about today in the next two messages. Things that are bombarding us every day, every night, not just in the news. Things that are, can easily confuse us, things that can easily frustrate us, things that can discourage us even. But instead of being discouraged, confused, or give up, I want to encourage you. I want to uplift you by the hand of God to begin to think of having an impact upon your world like you've never had before. And I'm thinking about the anti-God forces that are being unleashed with vengeance, not just in our country, all over the Western world. Just came from Europe, and we think it's bad here. It is worse there. Instead of us fearing and cowering to these forces, I pray to God that He will renew our commitment to making Christ known wherever we go. Amen. 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 Give God all the glory, not me. Himirat, please. As we go along this short series, you're going to discover that these forces are impacting and deceiving even some churches. Even some churches. Just like the false gods in the Old Testament, just as these false gods have done to the people of God, have done to Israel, uh, they are doing now. And so I want you to fasten your seatbelt <laughs> as we get going here. They saw in the video one of the leaders in the World Economic Forum, which I'll be talking about throughout this series. World Economic Forum movement is one of their thinkers. These are a group of people who consider themselves to be above. They're the elitist from around the world who conceive themselves to be the possessors of all knowledge and to be the arbiters of all truth, and therefore they feel that they must rule the world. In addition to that fantasy, they perceive... Amen. They, they perceive, really, 
that the rest of the population, that the rest of all the population of the world are poor, ignorant sheep, and they must only follow their dictates, uh, their own writings, their own speeches. I'm not making this stuff up. I, I'm going to quote you. you see, I'm not, uh, it's, it's their own words. They make it very clear about these dictates. They want to dictate uh, who would live and who would not live, uh, what we should eat and what we should not eat, uh, what we can or cannot do, what job we must work and what jobs we must not do. Why? Because they know what is best for the world. For example, <clears throat> the head of the World Economic Forum, a German gentleman by the name of Klaus Schwab, has nothing to do with the Schwab financial company that you deal with. So I just want to make that very clear. No relations between the two. He said the following, and let me quote. Globalization is not the problem. The lack of global government is the problem. In other words, the need is for one world government. And they are the ones who are going to govern. <laughs> because to him, globalization is not enough. Globalization is, was the first step. Globalization is, the, is so yesterday. Today, they need to get on with it and have that one world government. Listen to me. This maniacal, maniacal push for one world government did not start with the World Economic Forum. That's why a lot of people think, well, this is new. No, it's not. I'm going to show you. This is just the latest in the last push in the last 75 years. They're the latest group who feel compelled or feel the call that they are the ones to implement it now. Um, so they push for one world government, and the push for that began back in the 20th century. I'm going to show you. Sir John Boyd Orr, a British doctor and a politician. He received his Nobel Peace Prize in 1948. Just remember those dates, 1948. And for a good reason, he received it for his research to improve global food production. He said, wow, that's great. So far, so good, right? Right? But he donated the prize money to organizations that are working on having a worldwide one world government. In his noble speech acceptance in Oslo, he said the following, we are now physically, politically, and economically one world. The national sovereignty of nations is impossible. Why do you think we have a push for destruction of our border and the destruction of our national identity? This is happening all over the world, not just here. In 1950, just remember, this is one year later, in 1950, one year after Orr gave his speech in Oslo, James Paul War Warburg, chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations, told the U.S. Senate, and I quote, we shall have one world government, whether we like it or not. The question is whether one world government will achieve, be achieved by consent or by conquest. 
End of quote. Beloved, this burning, hunkering for one world government has been aflame for over 75 years. Each successive generation, that's what brings us to where we are, each successive generation took it forward a little bit and a little bit at every generation. But this generation is the generation that believes that they're the ones who must bring about that one world government. But as recent as 2009, Christopher Lord Christopher Moncton told the United Nations Climate Change Summit in Copenhagen, and I quote, a world government is going to be created. Now, Microsoft billionaire Bill Gates, in an interview with the German newspaper, expressed deep sorrow, deep sorrow and disappointment <laughs> that Copenhagen Conference failed in its goal to set up the world government right then. Even the Catholic Church is getting on the act of involving in this imposing of one world gov government. In 2011, the Vatican Cardinals issued a document called, and I quote, for, called for, and I quote, a worldwide authority with capital A that imposed control over global economy. I could, no doubt in each of these people's mind, in their group, these groups that are working together, that they will be the ones in control, that they're the ones who are going to be the, the elite thinkers, and therefore they were the ones who govern the world. Scripture said, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the non-believers, and he has blinded their eyes. What they present as a utopia, or even may believe it's a utopia, is going to be nothing but hell on earth. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to explain this. The Bible tells us very clearly that all of these efforts, all of these push, all of this uh, 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 powerful people, uh, 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 just preparation for the coming of the one world ruler known as the Antichrist. Paul and Thessalonians call him the man of lawlessness. Uh, in Revelation calls him the beast. Daniel uh, does the same thing. The Antichrist will turn their utopian dream into a nightmare like hell on earth. But praise God, praise God, the Bible also tells us that at that point, Christ will return and he will smite the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 13, God's Word tells us that this Antichrist or the beast or the, the man of lawlessness, he will exercise authority for 42 months before Christ destroys him. Remember, our God is what? Our God always what? Wins. Our God always what? Wins. Revelation 13, 5 and 7 tells us that the oppressive reign of the Antichrist, knowing or unknowing, will be aided by those who already began hunkering for one world government, those who already began preparing the place, the, the, the place for him. Let me explain this. It needs an explanation. Here's what Mr. Schwab said again. He said, I think 
China is a role model. The Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model. They have a dictator. Think about this for a long time, okay? These are Westerners meeting in Davos, Switzerland every year. These are the big thinkers and the powerful people gather. And he says the Chinese model is the best model. The Chinese Communist Party is torturing Christians and killing Christians and burning and destroying churches. They are rewriting the Bible to magnify violence. For example, in this new Chinese Bible, when Jesus confronts the sinner, the woman caught in adultery, instead of what the truth is when he said, go sin no more, I forgive you, they said Jesus took a stone and killed her. That's the Chinese Bible. I mean, they're writing the Bible. <laughs> yes, the Chinese model that Schwab is considered to be a great model for world government, yes, that's the Chinese, that's the model that they see as possible for the world. And that's exactly what the Antichrist will do. He's going to control the economy, so much so that no one will be able to buy or sell without his permission, without his licensing. He will also control the very lives of the people, as we saw in that video. <laughs> the guy, I mean, he's blunt about it, but thank God, at least they're honest. They're going to see under the skin. They control what we think. A total control. He said that AI, the artificial intelligence, will soon write its Bible and create a new religion. The idea of free will is over. Even the Chinese president, <laughs> the Chinese president, he jumped on this bandwagon. As soon as he heard that he's a role model, he immediately had been praising him. President Xi said, China must proactively participate in and show the way to reform, to, to reform the global governance system. <laughs> Think about it. Beloved, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Our God always what? Wins. The book of Revelation chapter 17, John describes all of this blasphemous world religious system as Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great. But there's something else I need to tell you, and you need to understand, please. The Bible refers to idolatry and adultery interchangeably. Interchange. Why? Because unfaithfulness to one's spouse and unfaithfulness to God are interchangeably, are interchangeably. Whenever God's people turn away from the one true God and worship one of these so-called gods, uh, it is considered to be idolatry and adultery. Let me give you an example. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 6, God asks Jeremiah, have you seen what faithless Israel has done? She has gone up on every high hill, under every spreading tree, and they've committed adultery there, meaning sacrificing to idols. 
unfaithfulness to God, unfaithfulness to the one true God and His Word, which seemed to be rampant today. They were sacrificing at every idol, and I'm going to show you some of them both now and the next couple of messages. But in order to understand what's happening today, you have to go back all the way, all the way back to the root of this trouble that caused Israel again and again and again, and this trouble that will give rise to the Antichrist. Back where false religious systems started, you've got to start back then, and there you're going to look and see that what always Satan tried to create is a look-alike, the real thing. It's fake, it's false, but always look-alike. No wonder the Bible said that Satan appeared as an angel of light. And that is why, beloved friends, more than any time in my lifetime and in your lifetime, That is why more than any other time in all my years in ministry, we need to be vigilant, more vigilant than ever. We need to be more alert than ever. Never accept teaching as the truth without measuring it with the Word of God. Examine the Scripture. Measure everything by the Word of God. Judge everything by the Word of God. I was giving a media interview this week, and and the lady was saying, well, but how can you measure things when people don't even read the Bible? Less than 18% of Christians read the Bible regularly. That is the sad part. For it was long before John the Revelator and the book of Revelation, talking about, telling us about the end times and the Antichrist, It's telling us about Babylon the Great. Long time before that. The root of false religion and false religious system that seem to be invading our culture with vengeance, they go way, way back in history. They go back all the way to Genesis chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. You can turn to it if you want to. All the way to Genesis 10, 8 and 9 where there was a man by the name of Nimrod. Nimrod was a four-generation removed from Noah and the flood. In fact, his grandfather, Nimrod's grandfather, was Ham, who was the wicked and evil son of Noah. After the flood, God told Noah and his families, all of them, to go and multiply and spread throughout the face of the earth. That was a command from God. Some of Noah's descendants, including Nimrod, they thought that they have a better idea than God. Always be careful when somebody has a better idea than the Scripture. They thought they had a better idea than God. They have a better plan than God's plan. Now, beloved, again, be careful. Be very careful. I'm I'm, I'm warning you now like I've never warned you before because these things are spreading in Christian circles. Be extremely careful when you start improvising on God's plan of salvation. Be very careful when you start tinkering with God's plan of salvation. 
Be very careful when you listen to, especially those who try to modify or extend or compromise God's plan of salvation. The Bible said that when they came to the plain of the land of Shinar, they said to one another, listen carefully, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And you want to say, huh? But that's exactly what God said. Scatter around on the face of the earth. But they thought, we have a better plan. We have a better idea. Now, I'm going to tell you more about the Tower of Babel than you really want to know in the next couple of messages. But for now, I want to show you the root of rebellion. Because you see, we can look at the fruit and we see it everywhere today. The, the, we're seeing the fruit of rebellion. You've got to go back to the root of rebellion in order to understand. And you want to understand what's going on today. But I, before I continue that, I want to remind you once again, our God is what will always what? Because our God always wins, He scattered them anyway in different languages. <laughs> he confused their tongues. They wanted a one-world government. They wanted a one-world religion. Uh, they wanted one-world order. And they wanted to be in control of that world, uh, which is total disobedience to the clear and the divine command of God. Question, what were they doing? What were they doing? They're building their own religious system. Uh, they were publishing their own Bible. They were teaching their own philosophies. They were exalting themselves above God and dethroning Him. And that is the first of self-styled, secular humanism. Oh, listen. <laughs> they felt deep spiritual need. Don't ever miss this. Don't ever miss this. <laughs> I've spent years in my graduate studies in anthropology, and, 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 and they, they tell you, even the non-believers would tell you that every human being, whether it be the animists or the worship other gods or the atheists or just Everyone has deep spiritual needs. It's how you fill that need. The world is desperate. The world has a spirit. They had spiritual needs, but they chose to fill it with their own ideas, their own perception of what God is, their own plan of how to approach God, their own do-it-yourself religion. Sounds familiar? Sounds familiar? Oh, beloved, this is not just an interesting story. Listen to me. This has become the very root of Israel's failure. I mean, again and again and again. Those of you who read the Scriptures through every year, I mean, you can see with sometimes I said, God, you're so patient. Again and again and again and again. And then I stop. And in humility, I thank him 
for his patience with me. Why do I say this? Because I'm going to show you that it was from the very beginning, these false gods, the cults, the ideology of worshiping of all sorts of evil gods, uh, all sorts of so-called gods, who are really these are not gods, they are storefront for Satan. Can I get an amen? amen? The mythology tells us that before Nimrod married his wife, Samirimus, she miraculously conceived the sun, that a beam from the sun made her conceive a son, and she named him Tammuz. This mythology said that Tammuz died, and his mother wept over him for 40 days, and then he rose to life again. See, Satan is a counterfeiter. He's a counterfeiter. From that time on, the mother and son were worshipped by all the pagan world uh, as they were known in different names or different cultures at different times. I'm going to show you. But these two, exactly the same goddess and God. Samirimus become known as the queen of heaven. I'll talk more about her, the goddess of sexual confusion, in the next message. After the destruction of the Tower of Babel, Nimrod and his descendant got scattered throughout the world. And they, as they traveled, as they moved all over the world, they took the worship of this mythological mother and son with them everywhere they went. In Assyria, they were known as Ashtar and Ashtaroth. In Egypt, they were known as Isis and Osiris. Later in Greece, they were known as Aphrodite and Eris. In Rome, they were known as Venus, the goddess of love, and her son Cupid, and the list goes on. But listen to me. Listen to me, please. If I'd lost you, please come back. <laughs> the most amazing thing to me, the most amazing thing to me, the worship of this evil so-called gods ended in Rome ended in Rome. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Rome. And these evil spirits of this so-called God, they disappeared in the wilderness for quite a while. They, the, 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 the preaching of the gospel why do you think I'm tearing myself up in this age that I'm in to take the gospel to the ends of the earth? Because it's only the preaching of the gospel will change the world. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you all this for two main reasons. First, remember that Satan is a counterfeiter. Scripture is very clear about that. And he will always produce a false religion that looks like the real thing. Looks so like the real thing. And the second thing, most importantly, for this purpose today, these cults and false gods that have disappeared from Western civilization for a long time are now reappearing in America and in the West 
with viciousness and with force like we have never seen before. They are reappearing after nearly 2,000 years in the wilderness. And these so-called gods now raising their ugly heads. I'm going to show you some of them. Why? Because the West, listen to me, because in the West, we have rejected the one true God who blessed us with Western civilization. Because I can tell you with absolute confidence that Western civilization and development that you see everywhere in the West is because of the Reformation. There is a, even the non-believers show direct coloration. I will show you chapter and verse as we go on. But please make no mistake about it. No make mistake. Don't make any mistake about it. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but that's okay. The choir needs to hear the gospel. Whenever the one true God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is rejected, these gods will raise their ugly heads. Whenever the one true God is rejected in any culture, in any society, and certainly I'm talking about the Western world that I know fairly well, these satanic gods will raise their ugly head. But remember the title of this series, Our God Always What? Baal, who is the chief god in the Canaanite pantheon. And the name actually, Baal, means owner or uh, lord or uh, master. And in Hebrew, always im is a plural, and Baalim is the plural. Sometimes you see that in the Bible, said the Baals with S in the plural. This is Satan's chief storefront character. He is supposed to be the God of fertility, the God of prosperity, the God who's going to give you health, wealth, and everything else that you long for. Think about this with me. I don't know how many times, how many times when the people of God in the wilderness through Moses, and you say to the people that when you go into the promised land, do not, do not, do not. I haven't counted them. But I don't know how many times when you go into the promised land and you're tempted to go after Baal, don't do it. But sure enough, as soon as I go into the land of promise, they began turning their back on the one true God, Yahweh, and run after Baal. Please listen. This is the God who redeemed them from the slavery of Egypt. This is the God who provided for them that even their sandals did not ward out. This is the God who did so much miracles for them. Book of Judges chapter 2, 11 and 12 says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Now, beloved, listen to me. Today in America and in the West, Baal worship is back in force. A culture that was once committed to a Judeo-Christian teaching now is so preoccupied more with Baal and what he could give them than the God who provided all things. What is Baal's task? Well, to make people forget 
about the Lord who blessed them. That's his job. Make people forget about the very God who blessed them and then that the very God who prospered them. Yes, the very God who blessed and prospered and gave us a great civilization, the best the world has ever known in history. Instead, they focused on the prosperity itself. They began to worship the prosperity. How to get it? Focus on prosperity as an end in itself. What are some of the consequences of Baal worship? Listen to me very carefully. The answer is what Baal did in Israel. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to really conjure something up. It's right there. He is doing here what he did to Israel. He caused the nation to war against itself. He caused the nation to war against its foundation. Can you see Baal's footprints, fingerprints, all over the so-called the woke movement? That is the dividing families, the dividing churches, and dividing nations. Can you see Baal's fingerprints in turning this generation against the foundational principle of the nation? Can you see his fingerprints in turning us against the biblical foundation which founded Western civilization? Can you see his fingerprints? Please listen to me. Baal instigate, instigate national schizophrenia. He instigate national schizophrenia. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Let me give you a live example, okay? I always believe in live examples, not theoretical stuff. We have every president of the United States come and lay his hand on the Bible and swear an oath on the Bible to withhold the biblical foundations that in that Bible and the Constitution. Then they spend his years in power enacting laws and policies that war against everything that the Bible says on which they lay their hand. That is national schizophrenia. But there's more. The, spiritual, the spirit of Baal that had been set loose alters people perception. That was his, one of his consequences of welcoming him. He alters perception. What do I mean by this? While there's only one true God, while there's only one absolute truth, what is only one objective truth, and by that one God and one biblical absolute truth, we judge all things. We measure all values. Baal worship said, not too fast. No. There are more than one truth. There's your truth and my truth, their truth, his truth. No. There's more than one way to God. Are we surprised, really, that 
every statistic. You know, I'm very careful with statistics. That's why I spent many years in university studying. I understand how statistics can be misleading, and I'm very careful with them. But when there are multiple, multiple, multiple statistics are telling us that 60% of Christians in America believe that there is other ways to God other than Jesus, can you see his fingerprints? Can you see how he's altering the perception, even of those who are in churches? Baal now is in control of thinking of those who claim to believe in God. And beloved, I want to tell you, the Father will go away from the one true God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The further we go away from the Word of God as the infallible, inspired Word of God, the more we try to get unhitched from part of the Bible, or the Old Testament, the more those gods are going to be more entrenched in our culture. Listen to me. Anyone can believe themselves now to be anything they want to be, right? I'm a man can say I'm a woman, that's fine. I'm a woman said I'm a man, that's fine. You can believe anything you want to be, right? This is Baal worship in its purest form. It's in purest form. Recently, in a so-called church-affiliated private school in England, and I say, recently, we just got back. We, we know this taking place. There were two students in high school, two girls, who saw themselves not as girl, girls or as boys even, but they saw themselves as cats. But they're cats. Neither male nor female. They're cats. And the teachers, the teachers were forced, that's if they want to keep their jobs, they were forced to accommodate them. And so if the teacher would ask a question that requires yes or no answer, the students insist that they must meow. And the teachers have to accept it. That's not an extreme situation. This is more than you realize. Baal, beloved, is a god of confusion. That is why he's running rampant now. He's, he's just like his master, Satan. Today, if your personal truth, think about this, if your personal truth contradicts reality, then it's reality that has to bend into conformity. Am I telling the truth? Yes. Hear me right. I'm getting close to the end. Baal led Israel into apostasy. Now the spirit of Baal is invading every institution in the Western world. Every institution. Politics, economics, the media, education, and even, which makes me cry, some churches. And that is why instead of viewing nature as God's gift to us to be steward, to be stewarded. We're stewards. 
Now nature is worshipped and obeyed. If the goddess, earth goddess Gaia, Gaia tells Al Gore that there are too many people on the earth, then let's just cull some of these people. Now, of course, it's not culling them. They are too important. <laughs> they must live because they, they're, they're, they're the elitists. They're the masters. But all the other people. If nature says she's impacted by farmers, 3,000 farmers two weeks ago in Holland lost their livelihood. Why? Because the goddess earth says there's too much methane in the air. Now let me show you a, sh a very short video, a very, very short video that shows you that schizophrenia that I'm talking about in reality. A few years ago, he told us that by 2015, the world will cease to exist. And here we are. Our God always what? Yes. Now, we must just scratch the surface. In the coming message, I'm going to deal with the big kahuna, the, the queen of heaven, the so-called the goddess of sexuality and sexual confusion. But now, now have been unleashed upon Western civilization. But I want you to remember, our God always what? Yes. Let me tell you, when I get into these things and I look and I study and I look at the Word of God, I begin to praise God with vigor and power like I've never had before. <laughs> and stand up, stand up, stand up. And remember the words of the hymn which came out of the Apostle Paul's message to Timothy. Because I know whom I have believed it, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, team. The man standing as we sing together.